afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Governor Dayton had a horrible, horrible, horrible bad week this past week. You'd never know it. Uh, the mainstream media here in Minnesota, whether it's the radio, whether it's, except my show um, and our station, the because um, Walter does a great job and so does Andrew and John. Um, but really, truly, you actually have to go look for information to find out uh, what's happening in the state of Minnesota. Uh, there, and thankfully, we've ha- we've had a lot of organizations step up and start doing a really tremendous job at helping to cover some of the stuff. But Governor Dave Dayton had a bad week this week. He had a bad week last week. He had a bad week the week before. You'd never know it because the media, the mainstream media in Minnesota, continues to cover for him. I was watching Channel 5 News this morning, and they were talking about the lawsuit, uh, Mark Dayton's lawsuit, where, um, and and this has been going on in the courts since the end of the legislative session, pretty much, um, where Governor Dayton line-item vetoed the funding for the legislature, and of course it followed with lawsuits, um, and the lower court came back and ruled that Dayton's behavior was unconstitutional. Uh, Dayton took it up to the Minnesota Supreme Court and the Minnesota Supreme Court let that ruling stand. But we've continued to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They went to mediation and and Dayton stormed out of it. Nothing ever came from it. But Governor Dayton's had other horrible things that he's been uh, dealing with or Horrible things from the result of the policies that Governor Dayton has put into place. He's obviously in a fight uh, at the Minnesota Supreme Court with the legislature. Uh, His MSFA fired the security firm that Governor Dayton put in charge of U.S. Bank Stadium. Governor Dayton's teaching board failed to report allegations for sexual misconduct. What the heck? Now, that was a story that the the mainstream media here in Minnesota actually had to cover, and they did, but the story's already gone. If this would have been a Republican governor, you know they would have beat that story into the ground. Governor Dayton's uh, fighting with North Dakota over the flood mitigation plan. He's fighting with North Dakota and XL Energy over uh, renewable energies. There's a fight going on with the Public Utilities Commission and the expansion or not as Governor Dayton says, of the oil pipeline. Uh, Minnesota last week sold $847 million in GO bonds, general obligation bonds. Those are the ones that the taxpayers of Minnesota are on the hook for. And in the meantime, Governor Dayton is still busy pushing for... Amazon to put their headquarters here. Why would Amazon put their headquarters here when their highest paid people would have to have a huge tax on them because Minnesota is so is ranked so high in taxes. Uh, And of course, Governor Dayton's working on getting the World's Fair here in 2023. I also talked to you about Governor Dayton's ridiculous Council on Police and Minority Community Relations Board came out with their results. We'll talk about that uh, probably in the next segment. because um, right now my friend Cal Barr's here, and uh, Representative Cal Barr, love him, love his wife Ellen, and we actually go out to lunch, and our lunches, um, you know, they aren't just normal lunches. They're hours and hours and hours long. So uh, let's welcome Cal Barr. Hi, Representative Cal Barr. How are you? 
I'm doing well, Sue, and yes, it's hours and hours. Yes. I, I, but we <laughs> never run out of... Talk about. I know, I know. And then it's like one thing leads to the other, and you'll say something, Ellen will say something, I'll say something, and then we all pile on, and... <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. Okay, so Governor Dayton line item vetoed the money for the legislature, and now... With this, this in the last week, we've had dueling op-eds between Kurt Dout, uh, who I am most irritated with, uh, Paul Gazelka, and Governor Dayton, and and now the Supreme Court comes back and says, "Just how many pots of money do you have, Legislature? Are we are they going to try to punt this into next year to until February when the Legislature comes back to to into session?" Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what they came out with a. Uh... I can't say it was a ruling. So the Supreme Court has uh, come out with two statements, uh, whatever the right word is. It's a non-ruling, but it's a, an official statement from the court. And neither one of them has had a ruling. The first one was where you mentioned mediation. Yep. They mandated mediation, but they refused to say whether the governor's action was constitutional or not. They would not rule. Is it, Cal, how you, can they do well, that? How can they uh, do yeah, that? Exactly. If I wanted to, if, if we were going to spend all this money on a judiciary, what, you know, that's not going to rule, maybe we should just save that money and spend it on arbitrators. Right, right, They're right. A lot cheaper than and, uh, Supreme Court justices or district court justices. You know, we have a judiciary system to have a finite ruling. The Supreme Court of the state is supposed to be the final arbiter. They wanted to know the second statement they came back with. We want to know exactly how much money you have, how long it will last, how many pots of money can you raid to extend, uh, extend this out, extend your operations as far as possible. So my reading of that, and you know, this is reading tea leaves, obviously I'm not allowed to talk to Supreme Court justices about things that they're going to rule on, but uh, it sure looks like they are trying to find any way they can out of making an actual ruling. Al, do you think this is because four of the six judges were appointed by Dayton and they have aspirations for something higher? Mm, it could be, but I would like to I would like to think that our uh, politically appointed lawyers that wear black robes to work have a, a little bit more uh, integrity than that. Oh, Cal, I would like to hope so, but I, I, I've, I've just lost confidence. I do not understand how they could not overturn the ruling of the lower court or say the lower court is right. I don't understand how they can force this mediation. I don't understand how they can keep asking over and over and over again how much how much money do you have? And it and and Doug Wardlow had a great point and he said um how can you order the Minnesota legislature into mediation which will expand the governor's narrow negative negative veto power which is unconstitutional in itself how can that happen right that that first statement they came out with ordering mediation was wrong on so many counts doug wardlow hit that right on the head you know your job as a as a justice is yes or no right that's it nothing more and that's all we want that's all we ask for we either are constitute the governor is did perform a constitutional act or he did not right that's what we hired you to decide and, and Cal, uh, Cal, there, there Cal. has been points. How Cal. can the governor perform a constitution? Makes how did how did they phrase that? It was um, if the governor's line item veto stands, 
because it's constitutional action. He will be performing a unconstitutional function by defunding a co-equal branch of government. Right, right. So there is really only one true way to find this, but personally I think they, that the court over the years has backed themselves into a corner because of the single-subject clause rulings where they just keep expanding right. this and expanding right, it. Right, right. If they would have found that narrow constitutional everything has to be a single-subject clause, single-subject bill, we would never be in this mess because that's the only reason the governor line item vetoed because we had things stuck into the bills that he signed that he didn't like. So if it was single subject, we would never be in this case to begin with. Right. And here's here's the other thing, too. Um, there was no dissenting opinion. The Supreme Court, not one person disagreed with this punting it down the road. Not one right. person. And and more importantly, let's take it one step further than than this representative bar. Okay, so Governor Dayton says, hey, we have to do this because I want to renegotiate the tax bill that he signed into law. I want to right. renegotiate the I want to give driver's licenses to illegal aliens that he said that. And again, all of this is legislation that was agreed on that passed in a bipartisan way by, and bipartisan. Both Democrats and Republicans voted for this. Correct. Now, Governor yeah. Dayton signed it into law. And now let's let's take this one step further. Now he wants to renegotiate it. So if you take it and, and all of a sudden you come back in February and the gavel drops. Kel, are there the votes there to get what Governor Dayton wants? Uh, to get what he wants, renegotiate? Yeah. Well, to renegotiate, you'd have to have another another, uh, another bill. Actually, another bill to bring it up. And with a 20-seat majority in the House, I know that's not going to happen. But right. I would be more curious. And this is something quietly that some of us have talked about. If this isn't solved before we gavel back into session, why would you expect me to come back to work if I don't know whether I'm a funded entity or not? You, you Supreme Court justices, do your ruling, and it either is or is not. And if it is not constitutional, then that solves the whole problem, and none of these things will be renegotiated with a 20-seat majority in a Republican House. Um, if it is constitutional, then... I don't need to come to work because you don't need me. If the governor can overrule me that easily with just line item vetoing my paycheck and all of the staff and everybody else that works in the House and the Senate, every paid staff member, every every uh, page, everybody in the House and the Senate, if they're all, if the governor can just line, straight line, veto them out, why should we even come bother coming to work? Okay, Cal, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you why you have to come back to work. Because we need you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News, News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Saturday afternoon, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sue Jeffers. This is Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Joining me is Representative Cal Barn. We're talking about the Minnesota Supreme Court. Uh, I, I think they have just punted. I think they cannot quite figure out what to do. Uh, the Supreme Court ordered mediation. So Dayton and the Republican legislative leaders went to mediation. Uh, Dayton said, I've had enough of this nonsense, and he 
stormed out. He's had press conference after press conference, throwing hissy fit after hissy fit. And basically, Governor Dayton said yesterday, uh, Republicans won't move on two policy issues that he put on the table that he absolutely must have renegotiated. Now, let's remember, these are bills that were passed by the legislature. These were bills that were passed by both Republicans and Democrats sent to Governor Dayton and Governor Dayton signed them into law after he signed them into law. Now, Governor Dayton come back, comes back and says, we have to talk about teacher licensing. We have to talk about uh, taxes and we have to talk about illegal immigrants getting driver's licenses, which is so ridiculous and something the bulk of Minnesota's uh, bulk of Minnesotans do not want to see happen. Uh, remember Governor Dayton line item vetoed the legislature, the, and, and the, the Republicans rightly so sued him and the lower court said what Governor Dayton did was unconstitutional. Now we come back and we've got the Supreme Court saying, wait, 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 you have to have mediation. Wait, wait, wait. You have to try to work this out. Wait, wait, wait. You have how many pots of money? What's going on? We saw these dueling, um, uh, op-eds in the, in the Star Tribune, one by Governor Dayton, which is really interesting that no Democrats have come out and supported this move by Governor Dayton. I find that really interesting. And then you had Senator Gazelka come and write an op-ed, and you had Kurt Doubt write an op-ed. I almost threw up during Kurt Doubt's op-ed. Uh, he talked about how he was so proud of the legislative session. Well, let me tell you something, Kurt Doubt. Not all of us were really proud of all that spending and borrowing and 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 ridiculous stuff that um, Real ID, the insurance company bailouts, Min bailouts a lot of us just were not happy with this past legislative session but 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 now we're at a different spot and representative cal Barr's with me hi cal Barr. hi sue jeffers <laughs> and i'm really glad you have a good connection because because aren't you somewhere far away uh, i'm a few states away yeah 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 because you're working yeah. Yeah, it's a part-time job at the legislature, or it's supposed to be, even though you guys got a big fat raise this year, didn't you? Wow. Well, that and that's... That's, uh, that's what happens when you give the uh, take the uh, power away from the politicians. I know. Their own pay. I know. They, uh, they can't be shamed into keeping it low anymore. Yeah, I was mad about that, too, Cal. That was a constitutional amendment that was a ballot question. And yep. I was really mad when people gave up their their rights to do this and, and turned the pay raises over to a commission. It's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Now, Cal, you also know if I had my way, the legislature would meet for two weeks every other year and get paid a dollar so you know take two weeks off every other year right that's not a problem right i know okay so we're talking about this lawsuit and i am just so frustrated by all of this and and i'm frustrated with governor dayton i'm frustrated with the republican leadership i'm frustrated with the minnesota supreme court but the bottom line is if they stretch this out until you guys come back in February, I am not kidding you, Representative Barr. I do not think the House has 68 votes to repeal those tax cuts or to give uh, illegal aliens driver's license. I just don't see where those 68 votes had come from. To repeal that? It won't. Right. It, that won't be repealed, no. Yeah, I, and, and that's my point. So here's Governor Dayton making this big thing, but the votes aren't there. 
it doesn't matter if the votes are there or not. The state is completely funded all the way through the next election cycle. Exactly. We don't have to come back next session. That's that's kind of the point. We are every agency in the state is completely funded through the 18 elections. It was a two year budget. There is no reason for us to go back other than to write policy. If they, we stay at the Supreme Court does not rule on this that we are uh, we get our money back the governor's action was unconstitutional then we don't need to go back until the next after the next election cycle but I... there is no reason to renegotiate any of the five things on the governor's list and let's just pile on that for a minute cal because you did a well, not you personally, but the legislature and Governor Dayton did a billion dollar bonding bill last year. And normally one year's a budget year, the next year's the bonding year. Technically, you wouldn't need to come back. Correct. <laughs> Do you want to take a phone call? Sure. All right. Listen up. Well, I hope you can hear. Uh Rick, welcome to the show. Hi, Rick. Howdy. You have a question? Thought? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, why is the, the Supreme Court dabbling with this junk? They, all they have to do is find out who has jurisdiction to do what they're doing, and they're going to find out uh, the governor doesn't have the jurisdiction to do it. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. I think one of the interesting um one of the interesting things about that is I, I think what you're seeing is the Supreme Court is saying, wait a minute, we don't want to rule on this. But, Cal, I think you nailed it in the last segment when you talked a little bit about this because you said the Supreme Court, Minnesota Supreme Court's not doing their job. So if they're not doing their job and they're punting on this and if they've created such a mess with some of their other rulings, be it single subject, mediation, funding the legislature, different things like that, where do we go from here? <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of and that's uh, one of the reasons I think they are uh, are wanting to keep their hands off of this and not rule is they have been put into a situation where no matter what they do, uh, it's going to have uh, some extreme consequences in the future. If you rule on the side of the governor, then you have uh, uh, expanded one of the most powerful executives in, of, of all the 50 governors, Minnesota is one of the most powerful executives in, in the governorships in all 50 of the, the states in the union. And uh, if you rule with the governor, you have just amplified all of his power. And right. I don't care if it's a Republican governor or a Democratic governor. You should The governor should be simply the chief executive. He should only be acting on the laws dutifully uh, passed by the legislature, not, uh, you know, uh, coming up with all these policy issues or policy statements or I'm going to rearrange the We have given too much power to our chief executive, yes. and uh, that's taken away from uh, where, what the people can do. Yes, 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 I agree. So tell me something, Representative Barr. Are, is the Republican legislature prepared to take this to the U.S. Supreme Court? That I have not heard any whiffs on that. I'm kind of hoping this is all done right here at the supreme court that you know we send them a uh, what they want which is absolutely unnecessary for them to make a ruling but you know hey, sometimes you gotta do crazy things to get where you need to go kind of like going around a river to get across to the other side or a, 
around a river to get to the other, or a pond to get to the other side, something like that. It takes a long way to get where you want to go. So if they want to know how much money we have, fine. We'll tell them how much money is in all the different accounts and what can be rated and what cannot be rated and then rule. Well, Cal, you know, I got to say, I was mad when the Supreme Court didn't rule. I was mad when they said, hey, we want to know how much money you have. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute. I want to know how much money they have, too. I want to know every pot they're dipping into. And I don't want to know that just about the legislature. I want to know about it the whole entire state of Minnesota. Yes, there are too many little pots of money that get dipped into and moved around. And that was something we talked about last session in some of the committees I was in, is how money moves from one pot to another pot. Uh, the executive branch moves it around within right. uh, uh, one uh, committee, or well, not a committee, uh, an or uh, like deed. They'll move from all these different pots of money within deed. They'll raid from one to right. get to another one, or the DOT has all these pots, and they'll move from one to another. And that's not what the way the money was appropriated, and that's not the way it should be spent. So, uh, us having the legislature having the ability to raid from the LCC account or any other account. We shouldn't have that authority. We should have our pot of money, and that's where we need to be restrained to is just our single pot of money or silo or whatever phrase you want to use on there. Right. Thank you, Cal Barr. Representative Barr, you were absolutely terrific. I look forward to uh, more lunches with you and your lovely wife, Ellen. And I look forward to you coming back to Minnesota. And I look forward to watching the whole rest of this mess go forward because I'm, I'm sure you will be a guest on my show again. Well, thank you, Sue. All right. Thank you. Take care. Uh, love Calbar. I think he's great. I, Honest to God, we have so much fun at these lunches, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, dang it. You know what I wanted to ask him? Okay, so this past week, do you remember how I told you one year the legislature has a uh, budget bill and the next year they have a bonding bill? Well, um, on August 15th, the Senate started this bonding tour and they started driving all over the state of Minnesota, spending all kinds of money uh, looking at different colleges or cities or counties or tribes or um, schools or whoever. All these different uh, organizations in the state that had their hand out for more bonding money. So remember, budget bill one year, bonding bill the other year. We had a billion-dollar bonding bill last year. Representative Barr was exactly right to say the state is fully funded. There's, they only need to come back for policy because last year they did the budget and the bonding bill. Uh, but now um, Senator Senjim, and I give him credit for this, since, uh, since there's uncertainty about the operating funds for the Minnesota legislature, he said it's just irresponsible uh, for us to keep touring the state. So he canceled the tour. He said, stop. We're not doing it anymore. I should have asked Representative Barr if the House was doing it, too. Do you know they've already had requests for well over $3 billion? It drives me crazy. No, 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 no more bonding bills. No, no, no. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Mark Dayton's Council on Police Minority Community Relations. They came out and gave their recommendations for how to build trust between Minnesota's police and minority communities. What a waste of time this was. Uh, it's just unbelievable. This just came out yesterday, 30 pages long. Uh, 
I'll tell you right now, don't expect anything to change. Anything. Anything at all. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and com. Really appreciated Cal Bar coming in or calling in and uh, giving us a little bit of an update on that. Um, I, I'm just, I'm really, really thankful for so many, uh, not only representatives and senators like Cal Bar, there aren't many of them. We have to elect more like him. Uh, who who are who are willing to fight for us? Who are willing to look out for us? And uh, so many things have now had to move towards the courts. And I don't care whether it's the hog farmers down in Goodhue County. Thank you, Christy, for everything you and your friends are doing down there. Uh, or whether it's the case that I told you about that I'm uh, involved with that has to do with free speech, campaign speech, and election speech that might might get to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, we should find out in the next uh, few, uh, well, no, I don't know, two, three weeks maybe, the new Supreme Minute, the new U.S. Supreme Court session uh, has has uh, starts next week, and we're starting to hear all these challenges. And it's it's really a shame how often we have to sue our own our own government. And I hope the legislature is prepared to take this further because I think the Minnesota Supreme Court is really doing a disservice towards this. Although I am really thankful. I would like to know about all those pots of money and where they're going. Uh, Let's take a quick phone call before we move into the totally missed opportunity that Governor Dayton and his Council on Police Minority Community Relations what a joke. Their 30-page report came out yesterday. What a joke. What a missed opportunity. Uh, but what's new? It's Governor Dayton. Uh, JP, let's take you. Hi, JP. Welcome to the Sue Jeffers Show. Hey, Sue. Long-time listener. It's been a while since we've talked, though. Uh, <laughs> ask and ye shall receive. Yay! You want to know where all that money is? Well, see, the talk is always on budget. And budgets is just money in and money out for that year. It is not a full accounting of the uh, government body's assets and liabilities. You're right. However, Mm -hmm. a little-known secret, every city, county, state, and even the U.S. government puts out a full report called a CAFR, and that's an abbreviation, C-A-F-R, stands for Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. And you can search that on any government body and get a full state auditor's accounting of all the money, all the assets, all the liabilities, and it's put out every year by every municipality. Uh, uh, And you can look that up for the state and see every red cent. Okay, JP, tell me, this is, it's called the CAFR, the Comprehensive yep. Annual Financial Report. It's yep. for every city, every county, every state, everything. Is, does, this, um, does this represent every penny? Yeah, every everything. Penny. everything. So if I went to my city's website or my county's website and I tried to find this and I couldn't, where else would I find it? You will. You will find it. It's just nobody knows to look for it. Most politicians don't even know it exists. But the state, uh, if you want to learn all about it, 
talk to your state auditor. Uh, I don't even know who she is right now. Uh, I do, and she won't talk to me, but okay. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> but you can, ju- you can just go right on Google and look up Minnesota Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, and you will find it. Or you can look up your city's Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, and you will find it. I'm going to go look for it, JP. I can't wait. I have to really struggle to get this information from my local units of government. It never crossed my mind it would be available at the at the state level. And of all the years that I've been in politics, I'm shocked that I've never heard about this. Uh, it's, uh, it's, thank it's, you. It's, it's secret, and nobody talks about it because that's how they keep the bamboozle on the right. people. But by law, it has to be done. Uh, you can even look up the U.S. Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. I found the one it. for my city. It's oh. 155 pages, by the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> good job, Stan. Good job. Yep. Oh, JP, See, more you're people great. need to know about this because then they wouldn't be able to fool people. See, when they talk about the budget, let's let's say your city has five million dollars in reserves and all these different accounts, and uh, uh, but the budget for your city, let's say it's four hundred thousand dollars every year. So four hundred thousand comes in, and they spend four hundred thousand every year. But one year, uh, a bunch of people moved out of town, and they only take in three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. But they're going to spend four hundred. Your city will tell you we have a fifty thousand right. dollar budget shortfall. Right. We need to raise taxes. And they will announce it and talk about it and tell everybody and all your local citizens and all the liberals will go and vote for that tax increase. And little does everybody know that your city's got $5 million sitting in the bank. Because if they knew that, they'd never vote for that tax increase for that one-year $50,000 shortfall. Right. And by the way, JP, property taxes are due October 15th, so everybody should be going and looking up there. Some of the requests for tax levies are staggering this year. Uh, St. Paul, due to a lawsuit, actually, is seeing a 24% increase. Uh, Ramsey County, I think, came in at 7%. New Brighton came in at, I think, 6.5%. But it's only because they Hide stuff in your electric bill, in your utility bill, in your lighting bill, in your water and sewer bill. So, JP, is this comprehensive um, annual report, is this mandated by law for school districts, too? That I don't know. It's a good question, but I think it is. Okay, because Monsview is asking for a giant giant levy for their schools. And, I mean, you're talking something that is going to cost people $50 a month. $50 a month, and people right. don't even know about it. But you're right. Yeah. They come in and they say, but, we have to raise taxes. Well, one of the interesting things is is most of your cities, uh, smart politicians way back in uh, earlier days, set up funds four times when they had budget shortfalls. So uh, my previous city that I used to live in, Bayport, for instance, you know, a few years back, I got involved and went down to the city hall and raised a fuss that they were raising taxes before a budget shortfall. And I let everybody in the city know on on cable access channel, hey, our city's got plenty of money. Look (laughs) at this. Go look at this report. And they even had a fund with a million dollars sitting in it for the sole purpose of if if they ever have a budget shortfall. 
and uh, most cities have that. So people need to be more informed. Yeah. They need to know about their comprehensive annual financial reports. They need to uh, uh, know the real numbers, and that's why uh, that's why the talk in every municipality is always about the budget because it's just that year's money in and money out. It's not a full accounting. Excellent job, JP. Call in more often. Later, Sue. Okay, take care. Bye. Excellent job by JP. Um, you know what? I'm going to have a follow-up on that next week because if Stan looked up his pay, if Stan looked up his um uh, um, comprehensive annual financial report for his city, and it's 155 pages. I can hardly wait to see what some of the others are. Uh, great job, JP. And you know what? Property taxes are due October 15th, so that'll be a great update for coming. Remember, these city councils are so nuts um, when they're not jacking up your taxes to spend on ridiculously stupid stuff. They're so busy trying to, I don't know, save us from ourselves, and they, they have started started getting their nose we talked about this last week a little bit they've started sticking their nose into so many things that the city has absolutely no business sticking its nose in whether it's censoring people or banning stuff or mandating minimum wages or organized track tax um, organized trash collection ridiculous okay we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh, i'm going to talk a little bit about uh, governor dayton's totally missed opportunity by him and by his council on police minority community relations and the recommendations they released yesterday sheer insanity stay tuned everyone sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 and twin good saturday afternoon everyone thank you so much hey i was just talking about local property taxes and sue erickson my friend my neighbor um Awesome candidate currently running for New Brighton City Council, Gina Bauman too, but Sue Erickson said, if the school board referendum goes through, she will be paying $300 two month. They renewed two other bonds in 2015, and that equals $100 a month for me. That is so crazy, people. Look at your property tax statement. Look at your property tax statement and figure out what's going on. Remember, by the way, August, um, October 1st, which is tomorrow, a whole bunch of new taxes. You, a whole bunch of you get new taxes. Uh, the transit improvement area sales tax and use takes effect. So if you live in Hennepin, Ramsey, Carver, Clay, Fairmont, uh, or those are counties. Nope, Fairmont's a city. Fairmont, Moose Lake, New London, Proctor, uh, Spicer have city sales taxes, Hennepin, Ramsey, Carver, Clay, and Wright County, uh, they're all jacking up your taxes, too. You get what you vote for, people. Pay attention and figure out what is going on. Drives me crazy. And, you know, people don't realize um, how much power and control your local politicians have. And I talked about Uh, Week after week after week, I talk about, do you know who's on your city council? Do you know who your mayor is? Do you know who your county commissioner is? Heck, I know most of you don't know who your state representative or state senator is. And um, I'd be willing to bet a lot of people couldn't even tell you Al Franken and uh, Amy Klobuchar were the the, uh, U.S. state senators. It's so crazy. But they have a huge impact Uh, in our um, election in the city of New Brighton, 20, what, 22, 24,000 people in the city of New Brighton. Uh, 
it's just a teeny tiny number that's going to make a difference as to who is the next mayor, who are the next city council members, and if that school referendum passes. So it's really, really important that you find out, is my city having an election? How uh, how can I figure out what's going on? How can I figure out what to vote for? And yeah, take a look at your tax statements. And I'll give you an update next week and well, end the week after that. Uh, because property taxes are due October 15th and it makes me mad. Okay, Mark Dayton put together a council on police minority community relations. And he put this together after the uh, Castile shooting. And that you know what that was that was so horrible and i think i think it really showed a lot of people that w- that there was something wrong and that we really needed to take a good hard look at what was going on and there are so many uh, and i mean going on within our communities having to do with police having to do with all the laws and regulations we have on the book, um, talking about police power, talking about abuse of power, um, talking about all kinds of things. And um, we've seen this really spiral when you think of Ferguson and you think of Baltimore and you think of what was the one in uh, Florida. I I don't even remember what that one was. Or the one in Cleveland with the the young boy, which turned out to be... um, um, water pistol or some sort of fake gun anyway this this was a tremendous opportunity for us to start addressing some of these issues and uh governor dayton we know his policies stink we know they've hurt minnesota we know they've hurt the people who live in minnesota we know they've driven people out of the state of minnesota but mark dayton had an opportunity to try to make uh try to make a difference on the community relations between the the police and and minority communities uh, after the Castile shooting. So he put together this task force. Uh, A lot of us were skeptical when he put it together uh, because it seemed really heavy on the Black Lives Matter side. It had care on it. It had uh, a lot of these activist groups and organizations and not as many... um, I think we need to have the conversation with different people instead of these same same organizations. But so Governor Dayton put this task force together and they released their uh, report. I had Stan printed out for me 30 pages long, 30 pages long. Now, think about this. The, re- the recommendations passed six to three. Now, isn't that weird? Because Governor Dayton put 15 people on this task force, 15 voting members. Uh, They said it was split fairly between law enforcement, community groups such as Black Lives Matter, the Minnesota Youth Council. Um, But but here's what happened. So they started meeting and six members of the council, 15 people, 15 voting members, six members of the council including the Black Lives Matter representative, didn't show up for months and didn't show up for the vote on Wednesday. Yeah, so that didn't go so well with that. Okay, the recommendations came out, and this is what made me so irritated. The recommendations came out. They're all for the police. They're all for the police. What about recommendations for the community? What What is the community going to do to to um, to work on the relationships with the police. This is all just so one sided. 
I have not made it through the whole 30 pages yet um, because Stan just printed it out for me now. But some of the recommendation, uh, now this was forwarded to uh, state legislative leaders. It was forwarded to Governor Mark Dayton. These are non-binding. I put up, um, the Pioneer Press did a pretty good job reporting on this. And Go Minnesota, Mm, I can't think of what their name is now. Um, that's the one that I put up on my Facebook page. So if you go to my Facebook page and click on the the link to that, buried in that article is a link to the thirty page ar- uh, list of recommendations that came out of the out of the committee. Uh, but the recommendations, you know, I'll repeat, they're non-binding, and you know, Democrats and Republicans are going to stand up and tout about how great they are. Uh, they're going to implement some of these things, and then they'll all be shocked. They'll be shocked when nothing changes. Uh, some of the recommendations included uh, adding a special prosecutor to investigate the police. Uh, the special prosecutor would partner with, but not replace the county attorney. Conducting, oh, listen to this, conducting cultural competence and implicit, explicit bias training along with mental health and crisis response training for police. I don't even know what that means. I mean, think about it. Uh, Both topics were singled out in a bill supported by the council that passed last legislative session. They gave them like, was it $12 million so that they could have mental health training uh, which which I understand that. But what do we want our cops to do? Do we want our cops to be social workers? Do we want our cops to be uh, policemen? Do we want our cops to be your mommy and daddy? Do we want our cops to be your buddy? No. Cops are supposed to ke- protect our community and, and keep us safe. The recommendations also include encouraging departments to get officers to spend 20 hours of an on-duty time at local social services agencies during their probationary period. No, no, we want them to be, no, they, no, no, no. They don't need to be social workers. They're cops. You know, have you ever watched that show Cops on TV? Oh my gosh, have you ever seen it, Stan? One of the best. Oh, I laugh if, and I laugh. If you ever want to make yourself feel better about your life, uh, exactly. just watch that for a 15 exactly. minutes. Exactly. <laughs> All I think of is people, don't be stupid. Oh, my gosh. So I, it was on last night, and, and I was just clicking, and I ended up watching like 20 minutes of it, and all I could do was laugh at these, uh, some lady bit one of the bouncers in another. Uh, some crazy people out there. Yeah. One of the other things, um, the the recommendations for from this council, financial incentives to for officers living in the communities and of course, the always, 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 we have to have more diversity. We have to have more diversity in the police force. And every time I hear this, I think, what is up with that? Um, has anybody started calling for more diversity in the NFL or the NBA so that it's representative of the population? It's not our fault that that 70% of the NFL is black because they're great football players. It's not about color. It's about ki- skill. It's about It's about strength. It's about, yeah. Oh, I wish we had more time to talk about uh, some of these recommendations. This was a missed opportunity, another missed opportunity by Governor Dayton. It just it just makes me sick. Oh, on that note, 
I'll be back next week. Stan, what's up for you next? A couple of Hall of Famers joining us. Uh, we Ooh. got a guy from Vexlar, Tom Zanenko, and then Steve Panaz of the TV show Lake Commandos. Whoa, cool. All right. Well, at least I made you laugh when I told you about the DOT fishing. <laughs> All lined up fishing instead of working. I've seen that myself. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. I'm sure we'll be loaded for bear then, too. Thanks. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.